I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, it's been a while. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? I, yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> uh, quickly, I do want to go ahead and thank those of, uh, uh, those of you who have, you know, basically just been loyal supporters of ours who have come across and uh are still here <laughs> listening to our episodes after this long break uh f- for those who don't know or maybe didn't uh see on our social media i had the rona and it was not good it was bad uh, it really locked knocked me out for a while and now is when i'm finally able to feel comfortable doing an episode yeah. Uh, because my voice was not having it the last couple of <laughs> weeks. So, but again, thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, we are talking about a new Marvel movie. But before we do that, Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Cooked dinner by myself. And, uh, you know, hopefully we all stay healthy over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard some, some stuff happening yeah. on your end. <laughs> so we'll, we'll pray for the best. Uh, so, uh, let's go ahead and let's jump into the yeah. movie that we're going to talk about today. But before we do, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And thank you to our loyal patron, Janet. (laughs) Yes, Janet, who has joined the Patreon uh, while right we were now, on break. <laughs> yeah, while we were on break. Right yeah. now, Jessica has been putting in the hours. Uh, she is currently watching different shows for yeah. Daybok. Yes, uh, for, for Daybok the K Rambles. Uh, putting it up on the Patreon for those who want to hear it. It's, you know, me solo potting. It's crazy. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's a lot of fun. So if you want to join us over there again, the page is patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod for as little as two bucks a month. There we go. Now, in the meantime, let's talk about the movie of the weekend, the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Thor Love and Thunder. Jessica, go ahead and tell us what this movie's about. The IMDb synopsis reads, Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight Gore, the god butcher, who intends to make the gods extinct. So this movie... Extinct. Extinct. You got it. (laughs) So this movie is directed once again by Taika Waititi. He directed Thor Ragnarok. Uh, He also was a writer alongside Jennifer uh, Caden Robinson. Uh, Now, the movie stars, of course... Chris Hemsworth, he is reprising his role as Thor. Natalie Portman is back after not being in Ragnarok, but she has joined the crew again. But this time, not only is she Jane Foster, but she is the mighty Thor. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a very good comic run in the 2010s uh, involving the mighty Thor. If people are interested in comics, check that out. 
Also, we have Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, Taika Waititi as Korg, and Christian Bale as Gord the God Butcher. Jessica, how did this do with critics? With critics, it's not so good. 67% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and 81% audience score. So the audiences really loved it. And critics did not. Critics and census reads, in some ways, Thor Love and Thunder feels like Ragnarok Redux. But overall, it offers enough fast-paced fun to make this a worthy addition to the MCU. So the movie itself is actually only one percentage point higher than Thor The Dark World, which I know a lot of people consider that possibly the worst of the Thor movies. And we'll talk about how this kind of stands among all the Thor movies. But before we say that, though, this movie did make some bank here in the United States, $144.2 million over the weekend and $303 million worldwide. So Marvel still possesses its power to be able to get people to the theater. And it does look like, based on prognostications and a lot of reports, it, it seems as though we are getting back to pre-pandemic levels in terms mm. of people attending the theater, going yeah. to the movies. I don't know if you saw, you probably did on social media, but like last weekend was Minions, um, Minions Rise <laughs> of Gru. And like the way meme culture kind of took over that yeah. with like teenagers dressed up in suits to go see it. And, <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> people are yeah. going out to see the movie. So... Uh, that's really cool to see that people are going back. So now let's let's talk about this one. So I'll start with you, Jessica. What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? It was very funny in a lot of portions of the movie, but I think ultimately that third act sunk the ship for me. Mm, okay. I was I was like, what is this third act? And I had such an issue with it. And I oh, wow. I think a lot of people had issues with like the writing and the pacing and all that. Like I can see it, but I think that third act is just horrendous. <laughs> so I it, did not like, I mean, I liked it because it made me laugh. It was very entertaining. Right. But I mean, it's not my favorite movie. I don't think this is Chris Hemsworth's best movie. Like it's just, you know, I think I, it had some twists as far as like comedic, like improvisation goes, but was it like a solid story? Hmm. It's know. funny you should mention that uh, because a report came out that Taika Waititi apparently allowed Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth to kind of improv a lot of stuff mm -hmm. throughout the movie, including major plot lines, which to I think to hardcore like comics fans might throw them a little off because maybe some of the like stories that may have been borrowed from comics weren't you know actually followed through mm. in a way so i can understand um i am in the same boat as you i think this movie is very funny i think sometimes it tries to be a little too funny when yes you gotta this let some moments feels, sit you know what this movie feels like it feels like if judd apatow did a marvel movie and he just really? like had free reign because this feels like taika watiti just had free reign over it the story did. and he didn't have a ton of you know, people coming at him in the editing room, like, you got to cut this, you got to cut this down. Where's this going? And like saying no. 
Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Which you. Which a few Judd Apatow movies feel like that, where it's just like well, Judd yeah. Apatow just let them go run wild and he didn't have anyone telling him to cut it out of the movie. I totally agree. Every Judd Apatow movie is 20 minutes too long. Uh, in this particular case, I think that they just don't let serious moments sit. They have mm-hmm. to like cut it mm-hmm. with a joke. And I think that does a disservice to a lot of the like trying to be more serious moments they you know they kind of cut that out yeah because the third act was trying to go for a little more serious in, there is in a, a way. marked turn at some point in the movie yeah. and you're like okay it seems like the stakes are really high it seems like something's gonna happen there's some impermanence happening here with certain characters and it's inauthentic because the comedy and the chemistry between it Hemsworth and Foreman sucks like I cannot that is one thing I will say terrible Portman and Hemsworth have never had chemistry together never (laughs) this is their third movie together doing this and it has not gotten better no Uh, I just I don't know the the two of them together just on paper it makes sense Mm -hmm. it looks like a, a couple but just their personalities, their dynamics as actors don't mesh well mm-hmm. for for what they're trying to do with Thor and Jane Foster. Now, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Natalie Portman's portrayal as the mighty Thor, like coming into kind of a new aspect of her character? How did you feel she kind of did on that part? I'm on the fence about it because I think Natalie Portman is one of the best actresses of her generation and she's a prestige actor. So I feel like it's hard to be like, she can't do this. But in a sense, I just don't feel like maybe even her casting is good. So for her to switch and be the mighty Thor, I'm kind of like, I don't think she's, I don't think she's right for it. So, I guess what you would be saying is Natalie Portman probably is not the best actress to be in an MCU movie in general, just based on the way she acts, her style of delivery, her yes. just in general. Her demeanor, her, yeah. you know, just the uh, vibe that you get from her is not meshing with them. MCU. And that's hard to say because there's other prestige actors littered right, throughout like the MCU. Catherine, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, Tilda Swinton. Like, like yeah. these are, you know, great actresses and they can do a Wes Anderson movie just as well as they can do a Marvel movie. But in Natalie Portman's case, that's not it. Mm, yeah. It's, it's a little tough to see, you know, such a good actress kind of because she struggle looks, with a part. She like looks this. good in the costume. Yeah. But she opens her mouth, she starts moving around, and you're like, I don't know if There's I something believe off. it. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally get you there. Um, sh- there was no real new people except for uh, Christian Bale's gore, the mm-hmm. God Butcher. I think A Christian return Bale, to superheroes. <laughs> yeah, I know. After so many years. I think Christian Bale is great. I think um, in I think this so role. Too. Like, you can tell, like, he... He knew the assignment. I'm going to be just an evil person mm-hmm. with a cackle and m- menacing. Like he knew the assignment. He understood it. And he brought that Christian Bale energy to the project. Yeah. Because- the movie starts with his character 
Yeah. And he does have like a nice extended sequence for backstory, so to speak. Yeah. On his villain. And I like it. I like it a lot. Yes, I, I do like it a lot. I think you can understand the villain's point of view. What are the other MCU movies that begin with the villain? Because I think Ooh. Shang-Chi does that too. Shang-Chi does begin with it's the villain. It's an extended sequence of like villain backstory. Very good point. Obviously, we now have Thor, Love and Thunder. And that's a good question. Oh, I guess uh, Infinity War because they kind of start off with Thanos taking over uh, the ship from Asgard. Hmm. So that entire sequence happens immediately. So um, so I guess there's a couple, but Does not Black a lot. Does Black Panther start like that too? Or no, I can't no, remember. Black Panther starts off with... I'm thinking of that sequence in the er, in the states, but then I'm like, yeah, does it's, that fall it's later in Oakland. In the movie? No, no, it's in Oakland. It's the it's the moment where they visit uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, character. but does that happen at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, that happens okay, at the okay. beginning. So yeah, and then we get another flashback of it again, but oh, more you. detailed right, later right, on. Right. So that's not really a villain part, but I, it kind of is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is kind of the origin of uh, Killmonger there. So yeah, so there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, Chris Hemsworth. I've I've got to say that, again, I've said this before. It, it was a good thing that YTT came on to Thor uh, because it allowed for Chris Hemsworth to be naturally funny because he's a naturally funny dude. Mm. And the first four times that we saw Thor, and I'm talking about in the first two Thor movies, the first two Avengers movies, he's like this all super serious type of character and you know sometimes it could fall bland because i it's mean like, he had some comedy he's over here like yeah you know give me another and like smashing yeah little things like, like that yeah but it's in ragnarok that they kind of unlock oh yeah chris yeah. hemsworth and you know we see it to full effect here where he gets to have so much fun in the character uh here's a question i wanted to ask you how long do you think Hemsworth is going to be doing this character? He's already done it for... How many times has uh, Sam Jackson played Nick Fury? And how many times has Hugh Jackman played Wolverine? I think it's going to be up there. It's going to be in that in range? those numbers. Yeah, I don't think he cares. Yeah, this is I don't is, think Hemsworth cares. He was executive producer on this one. Yeah, I think he's just getting a little bit comfortable with it. And he's getting paid the big, big bucks to just he is. stick around. The only MCU character with four standalone films. So, I mean, he's kind of the head dog now, really, because Cap's gone, Iron Man's gone. So he's kind of like the lead mm-hmm. dog. So, yeah, I guess it's all up to him when he feels like, you know what, I'm done. But I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. No. <laughs> this movie visually is very colorful. Yeah. I enjoy s- quite a few sequences. There's some sequences where it's clearly like, ooh, this looks like they're just standing in front of a green screen. Like, because it <laughs> looks that fake. But in other moments, like, it, for example, we've seen it in the trailer. There's like a shadow planet that they visit and they're in black yeah. and white. They're in monochrome pretty much. And there's like hints of color I love some of the visuals in the movie. Uh, did you did you find anything like that that you kind of like looked at and were like, oh, this is pretty cool? Or maybe it didn't really come across to you. 
didn't really come across to me more more so because I don't think that's what these movies are you know for <laughs> like I'm not sitting here going oh, the cinematography of Thor <laughs> love and thunder <laughs> like it's fine it's totally passable I don't feel any particular way about it yeah I, I still think that shadow planet part where the shadow planet's a very good uh part like sequence yeah. because yeah the and then sequence. some things are in color um, yeah some relics or whatever are in color so mm-hmm. it's good I like that part. I enjoyed that uh this movie felt like it was brought to you by Guns N' Roses with how many different Guns N' Roses <laughs> songs they used throughout the movie I thought during the marketing obviously it was Sweet Child of Mine that was like the big song in the trailer but I did not think we were going to get like a like a full soundtrack of like Guns N' Roses music. Mm. <laughs> it it kind of threw me off sometimes. I would be like, OK, OK, I, I get it. You know, welcome to the jungle. Makes sense here. Then we hear Sweet Child of Mine. And it's like, OK, from the trailer. Totally makes sense. But then out of nowhere, we hear November Rain. And I'm just like, OK, we're pushing it now. <laughs> this is a lot of Guns N' Roses. So. <laughs> Thor is to Guns N' Roses what Iron Man was to ACDC. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it was kind of insane how, how often we heard some music. And then like one of the characters even names himself after Axl Rose. <laughs> like he changes his name. I want to be known as Axl now. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a little much. OK, so before we get into actual spoilers, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about the movie or just in general about Thor Love and Thunder? Hmm. No, I think let's we can get into spoilers. Sounds good. So we're going to talk about major plot points and spoilers for Thor Love and Thunder right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box all right let's talk about spoilers for thor love and thunder but before we do the actual spoilers i wanted to ask you for your letter grade on this movie what did you give it c plus c plus i gave it a b okay so (laughs) um just a little bit higher uh but we'll discuss why we gave it those letters right now so let's kind of start off with something that you really liked about the movie. If if there's something that stands out or Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, 100% <laughs> it's Russell Crowe. So everything that he was doing, like he knew you're saying that Christian Bale knew the assignment. Russell Crowe knew the assignment yes. and everything that was he was doing, the physical performance and the stupid accent, like everything was just a parody <laughs> For those who don't it. know, uh, Russell Crowe uh, portrays Zeus uh, in this movie, the, the Greek god Zeus. More and concerned with the annual orgy than yes. saving other gods from a god killer. That was fantastic. <laughs> the amount of times that he mentioned the orgy, just like, uh, if you keep speaking, you will not be invited to the orgy. And then like, of course, uh, Thor talks and he goes, that's it. You're not coming to the orgy. <laughs> uh, he was the so much fun. costuming, like he was not the Zeus that we no. know He's in a popular culture. Zeus. 
Oh my god, he's resting like, on his laurels. Not the hot bod that we expect. Not no. this like chiseled like, nope. physique. He's like <laughs> not at all. got a dad bod. And the armor like fits the dad bod. Yeah, they like and sculpted then, it around his yeah, stomach. And then, <laughs> and then the skirt that they put on him. Fantastic. Oh, I died. The laughing. way that he stepped down the stairs with holding the Oh skirt. my goodness. I was dying. I laughing. lost it. I lost it. It was so funny. So good. Um, him just like all these theatrics just to yeah. say no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with his thunderbolt. Uh, I think that entire sequence is really funny. And then like it leads into some funny action as well. Uh, The fact that we basically see uh, Thor's ass (laughs) in that shot. (laughs) Not Uh, complaining, but I was not expecting that. (laughs) It was in the trailer. I know it was in the trailer. But But then you forget. I forget. And you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, those uh, those Greek goddesses won't forget, apparently. The no, they, they just start fainting <laughs> on the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah, so he understood the assignment. We'll come back to Zeus because there's something else that I want to talk about regarding Zeus. Okay, the goats. The goats. The screaming killing, goats. The screaming goats were killing me. Yeah, I just adored it. <laughs> at the most random times, they would just screaming. you would hear that yell like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. It's such a good running gag. Oh, it is. Oh, it my really gosh. Is. Yeah. Uh, so I already mentioned the Shadow Planet sequence. I think that it. I love when uh, Gore kind of has them tied up the way it looks because he like, you know, will take them out and pull them into the shadows. Right. You know, like little things like that. I And I love the way his eyes just glow. And it's the only color during that it looks sequence. looks like a cat. It really does. It really does. So that was a fun sequence just visually. And um, and then if we're talking about moments that I really liked was early on when we when we go to New Asgard to like kind of see how it's become a tourist town. Yeah. And there's cruise ships and rides and everything. They're putting on a show. So we get a reprisal. Oh, my God. We get a reprisal of uh, when uh, Odin is leaving to the afterlife to Valhalla. And we see this in in Ragnarok at the beginning. So we have, um, is it Sam Neill who's playing it's Odin? It's Sam Neill who plays Odin. Then Luke Hemsworth is playing Thor. And then, of yeah. course, reprising his <laughs> fake role again, Matt Damon <laughs> is Loki. Oh. And so then it's like this poorly constructed. Oh, but cheap, Melissa McCarthy is now yes. playing uh, Hello. <laughs> No, and then her husband is in it too. Yeah, her husband's in it. (laughs) Oh my god! It killed me. It killed me. It was too much fun. The commitment to it, like I just, I applaud Taika Waititi for it because it's just a visual gag from there that I loved was when (laughs) Sam Neill is like. I'm leaving and he's like throwing the dust yeah. and then he like gets on all all fours and he like crawls out <laughs> to try to leave the scene. <laughs> Visually perfect. Oh. So Or the hammer coming in. Oh, on the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I had so much fun to that scene and I so loved nice. how lo- like it was long enough. Yeah, it was perfectly t- like a good amount of time. Yeah. 
to so, dwell on it. But then, and then they, they have see, like cuts of the audience like clapping yeah. in certain parts. There's like, like a woman tearing up when <laughs> Odin's dying. <laughs> when we're in a theme park town, this is real. Like this can really happen. Yeah. So like we we see it all the time with like Beauty and the Beast at Hollywood Studios, <laughs> Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid show, yeah. or the Frozen Ever After. Yes. Yeah, those shows, we've seen those shows. Obviously, yeah. this one is a little less on the scale oh, yeah. in terms of production, <laughs> but it was funny none, nonetheless. Uh, okay, so I think those are probably some of our favorite moments. Uh, what were, you mentioned the third act, and third I act. think we should get into it. What about the third act would you say is something that you didn't like or... So I didn't realize that we were heading into the third act. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, shit, this is like endgame. And I was very disappointed because they take Natalie Portman out of commission. She is dying quickly. Her being Mighty Thor is somehow causing her body to not fight the cancer. Yeah, because every time she turns into the Mighty Thor, something from the gaining all that strength is killing her normal body. Kind of is how they explain it. Right. But I mean, she had stage four cancer. So I, I think I don't know if anyone's like had been through this, but like it happens pretty fast if you right. have stage four and you're just finding out and, you know, just. Well, the movie's kind of quick with it. So she's like, I'm dying. And I'm like, yeah, you've yeah. you've got stage four cancer. So that sounds about right. Sounds about right. So I was a little bit skeptical about the injustice of her being like mighty Thor for like a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, she's taken out of commission because Thor's like, I can't lose you. Don't believe it for a second because their chemistry is non-existent. It's not. So you're just like, all right, fine. He goes to save the kids and uh, stop Gore from opening up a door to eternity, whatever the hell that it, that means. He, yeah. So just for, just for context, he is opening the door to eternity because there lies a god who can grant whoever gets there first. Oh, wait, a magic genie, basically. Basically, Just a magic genie. Get a genie. one wish. One wish. So that's what he's trying to do. And we presume that he is going there to try to manifest like all gods to be killed or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's where we're at. So he ends up there by himself with no weapon. He just has the thunderbolt from Zeus. And he empowers all of the children to be little Thors and have the power of Thor for a limited, for limited time, time only. <laughs> for a limited time only. And they start fighting all the shadow monsters or whatever. And it was cute, but then I was like, this is very underwhelming for a climax of a movie. Mm. Oh, okay. I see. So that's happening, and he's fighting Gore. It seems like Gore's kind of got the upper hand, and then boom, Natalie Portman pops up as the mighty Thor, and... It spells the end for Natalie Portman as the mighty Thor because she shouldn't have transformed again. It was too much for her body to handle. Yeah. She tag teams it with Thor. Again, kind of boring. I just thought it was kind of boring. Visually, not that exciting of a fight. And also just the intensity of the emotional factor was not there. Right. I was just like, because okay. you're supposed to be invested in the fact that, oh, no, she turned into Thor, which means that this is probably it. For They're her. not going to end up together. Yeah. Right. And They're so not you, endgame. I guess you don't really feel the weight of that. Exactly. Or the stakes of it. Exactly. And I kind of agree. 
I kind of agree. One hundred percent. That's what it is. So they end up um, destroying the sword so that Gore is not influenced by the sword anymore. Whatever right. that sword was doing to him. I'm trying to remember the name, but yeah. And uh, they end up in this, uh, you know, salt flat of eternity where the the Gore Gar whatever his name is is gonna make his wish. Yeah, Gore and is gonna make his wish. Thor. The orator that he is <laughs> guilts him into not wishing for the death of every god and instead kind of pushes him in the direction of, oh, you can resurrect your daughter. Yeah, he, he basically does that. But um, his speech was a little too. It was and too this simplistic. Is the example. This <laughs> is the example I'm going to give. Okay. And it's. It's very Anne Hathaway in Interstellar. Oh, stop. Where it's like, oh, we can't explain it. And that's what love is. Yeah. His whole thing of like, you know, the way we can overcome is with love. I choose love. And it's like, eh, this seems a little cheesy. You've seen The Fifth Element, right? Uh, I don't remember it that well. Okay. It's such a long time ago. (laughs) So it feels a little Fifth Element-y. Where it's like the fifth element is love or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I think I can I can see your point. I think I was a little more receptive to the I don't kids think part, that that was enough. But yes, I you know agree. to flip Gore to like the good side, so to speak, because he was for however long butchering gods out in the universe. Yeah. Undisclosed amount of time that he was influenced by the sword. He was. The reason why the sword chose him was very powerful because, you know, it was the indifference and the cruelty of a god that, like, made him That made him turn. who he was. Yeah. So I just don't think that he had love, like, for all those years, you know? Right. For however long. And Forever just, how like, long. Two minutes of Thor saying, like, oh, yeah, your daughter, oh, yeah, this, like, makes him wish her back to life. I just... It, ugh, I the, so... So the third act kind of falls flat because it it doesn't feel like the stakes and are then quite there. Gore is like, oh, but she'll be alone because I'm dying. For some reason, he's dying. Well, they did mention earlier on that his sword was uh, infecting him with something while he was using it. So when they do destroy it, it kind of like whatever he had going with it. It's kind of like it, the inverse of what head. was happening to uh, Jane. In a way where with the use of it, more use of it would infect more and would kind of kill. So kind it of the same thing was inexplicable to I, you explained it still inexplicable to me. <laughs> and um, he's dying and he's like, oh, I don't want her to be by herself. She'll be alone. No one to care for her if I wish her back to life. And then Jane says she won't be alone and turns her attention back to Thor which again makes no sense for Gore to just—he was literally just trying to chop him to pieces, right, with a broadsword, and he's gonna entrust his only daughter to this god that he—and he's hated all gods for however long. Like it doesn't make any sense. I agree. Okay, so here is my problem with the okay, third act. Go for it. Uh, up until what you've mentioned, I, I kind of agree, although there's. You know, like the kids aspect, I think, was really fun and everything. But here's where I am not a fan of. The the, the daughter of Gore, obviously being back, 
being brought back to life and now is going to be under the care of Thor. Uh, side note, that is his real daughter in real life. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I am tired of seeing like, you know, like the little basically uh, a man or a woman taking care of a little kid in a in a story. Because if this is, yes, I'm tired of seeing this. We've seen this in Star Wars already, you know, with, we've seen it in Mandalorian. It was great with Baby Yoda. Then now we saw it in Obi-Wan and I I haven't gotten my thoughts out on Obi-Wan yet, but I'll save that maybe for a Patreon episode, but I'll just say not a fan of that (laughs) storyline. And now we're going to get it again. So I'm I'm not feeling that as a plot device to go back to like, hey, you know, powerful warrior has to take care of a little, you know, cub type it's of thing. It's so unearned because you don't see no. Thor as a father figure at any point throughout Never. the tons of movies and cameos that we've seen him. The movie spends its time saying Thor is empty. He feels mm-hmm. like he's missing something in his life. There is never a time where you would think or say to yourself, I I figured it out. I know what he's missing. He's missing a child in his life. Never. Never would you thought. I would have easily thought he's missing Jane. He -hmm. wants to be in love. Totally by that. But introducing a child to Thor, that to me doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to the character. I, I... And, you know, she's cute and everything, but again, for the character of Thor, it just doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) It doesn't. It it, it just doesn't. And um, the reason why the movie's called Love and Thunder is because he's the god of thunder, obviously. And love does not represent Jane. It represents the daughter. The daughter, the girl. Who Gore was calling love. Like, oh, my love. Over and over again. So that's how we get Love and Thunder. We see them spring into action. She's carrying Stormbreaker and all that jazz. So. um, (laughs) Okay, so you and I, for different reasons, are down on the third act. But we both have. Um, I think there's some positives in here. I do want to circle back to Zeus, but in this way. Because in the first sequence in the first uh mid-credit sequence we go back zeus wasn't killed i thought he was killed by thor but he wasn't lol no (laughs) no no not quite but it's more like setting up what is going to be more likely thor 5 or something and it's zeus is telling his son hercules to go after thor uh for those who have seen the movie uh thor um, I'm sorry, Hercules is being played and portrayed by, um, oh, what? Why am I blanking on his name? I will find his name in just a second. (laughs) But uh, for those who don't know, uh, he is from Ted Lasso. This is Brett Goldstein. Uh, He plays Roy Kent in uh, Ted Lasso. You haven't watched Ted Lasso, have you? Such a wonderful show. It really is. I highly recommend it. Even if you're not a sports fan, totally recommend it. Uh, Anyway, 
So he is going to be playing Hercules. Now, I think that's cool. I think I know kind of how they're going to set up that character. They're going to kind of make it like antagonistic at the beginning. Like, oh, you know, you almost killed my father or whatever, whatever. But then there's a greater threat and they have to like join forces. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen because Hercules is not a bad guy. He's not a villain. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I could care less about Hercules and Greek gods being included in the MCU. I mean, but we have, you know, Norse gods. Yeah, I don't care. So, yeah, so it it makes sense that, like, the Greek gods would be joined in. I just don't want this to be another rehash of the same story that we've seen over. Like, Hercules, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who who hasn't played Hercules? (laughs) It's been everywhere. It's been everywhere. It's at the MCU until now. It's been done. It would be the equivalent of like you see a fantasy movie and then at the end of the movie you're like, they they introduce Dracula. You're like, oh my god, another Dracula! Like, come on. I don't think that's a bad thing. Oh my god. I don't think it's a bad thing. (laughs) I mean, okay, I agree with you that many people. It's been done. Many, yeah, it's been done. But that doesn't mean that. Everyone who is watching a Marvel movie has experienced seeing a Hercules. Maybe they've seen the animated movie. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe that's their their experience with Hercules. Or maybe not. Maybe they just haven't. Uh, So I'm not. What about that Snyder? Was it Zack Snyder who directed those? Like the Clash of the Titans? No, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It looked like his aesthetic. I could totally see why you would say it's him. Um, it does feel like his aesthetic and I, no, I don't think we didn't get a proper Hercules story there, but I, I see what you're saying. There was a time not too long ago where there was a bunch of like Greek mythology stuff happening in movies and it was all bad. Like there was not a good thing about it. That's the thing. They were bad. They were bad. (laughs) But why go back? Why do it again? Maybe you can make it good. Oh my god. One of my one of my things about Hollywood that I've always said is we we do remakes all the time, right? But we're always trying to remake the good movies. Why not try to remake the bad ones? Like <laughs> take the bad ones and try to make them good. Like that Even Dwayne the Rock Johnson played Hercules. Okay. Sure. Yeah, like literally again, it's been bad. touched by everybody. Again, in a bad in a bad sense. Um, anyway, uh, the, the second, uh, credit scene, um, I didn't think, well, I guess I didn't think we would see it, but we see Natalie Portman entering the gates of Valhalla being welcomed by Heimdall. So I'm guessing we'll get more adventures of the mighty Thor in Valhalla somehow. I don't know how, but my guess is they'll find a way. Yeah, that was also very disappointing is that you're understanding she's died and then this is all we're ever going to see of the Mighty Thor. Right. But uh, I don't think that will be the case. Most likely there'll be a way where somehow they're able to get to Valhalla or something. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, But yeah, so I think overall (laughs) we we enjoyed the movie, but we were kind of like let down at the end. Yes. And we kind because of because even Tessa Thompson and Korg are 
Mm. Not in the fin- not in the final. No, they're not. They're in the middle sequence, obviously. Yeah. Um how did you, how did you feel about uh Korg's <laughs> voiceover of like storytelling? It's like fine. he would like come in like just like let me tell you about it, the I didn't Thor. think that was funny, you know? Right. I oh, yeah, okay. You know, you, I was just like wasn't okay. for you. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh and then yeah, you went Tessa, from Godbod <laughs> or dad board to god board <laughs> you know like it, it's the most voice. of it's in it's the not, trailer too yeah most of it is in the trailer but uh it's the voice really that taika puts on that yeah. really sells it it's it's not what he's saying it's how he's saying it true so i think that might do it in terms mm-hmm. of our thoughts on thor love and thunder you gave it a c plus i gave it a b uh, so let us know what you guys think about Thor Love and Thunder. Did you love it? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let us know at Always Critic Pod. You'll find us on all the socials. That's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> all four of them. So you can let us know there uh, and stay tuned there because, well, I can announce it now, but we'll also announce it on socials is that next week we will be doing our mid-year review. We will be talking about our favorite movies so far of 2022. So mm-hmm. we should have fun with that. Uh, I I always like coming up with a list. You know, I always like making you, you come lists. up with a list. <laughs> you know, ranking things. Yeah, Why? ranking things. They're fun. It's fun to do. And so that's what we're going to be doing next week. So go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. That way you're alerted when that episode drops and if you've done all that go ahead and go to patreon.com slash always critic pod so you could go ahead and become a patron yeah uh, for as little as two dollars a month you could hear jessica's thoughts yeah on all the new <laughs> different uh k-dramas and c-dramas that she's watching yes on archived episodes as well from previous reviews we have like 50 something archived episodes on there a couple of really fun, not a couple, more than a couple of fun episodes of us talking TV, which we don't usually do on the podcast. And of course, Rico's going to kick up some more TV soon. Yes, actually. Funny, funny that you mentioned that. Uh, the season finale of Miss Marvel is about to drop, and I will be having my thoughts on the full season. Mm. Uh, and I'll, <coughs> I'll be posting that on the Patreon. So nice. that should be fun to talk about. And I definitely want to set a time to try to talk about uh, Stranger Things uh, because it just ended yeah. a week ago. Uh, that would be fun to talk about, I think. So mm-hmm. we'll see if we An can. Obi-Wan uh, maybe. Maybe Obi-Wan, yeah. you know, some some thoughts on that. But we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, coming up, once again, our favorite movies of 2022 so far mm-hmm. will be coming up the very next episode. So. With that being said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.